the reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 15 to 27. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keep them, and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Simon. Let's pray that the Lord will come and teach us. How we praise you, Lord Jesus, for sending your Holy Spirit. And as we think about him this evening, teach us, speak to us. May our hearts be open to receive more of your Spirit, that we would become more truly the people you've made us to be. So help me as I speak, help us as we listen, and come and teach us this evening. We ask in your name. Amen. Uh, last week, Andy started us off on three weeks thinking about the Holy Spirit. We thought about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, just to, as far too much we'd spend all week thinking, all year thinking about the Holy Spirit if we tried to cover every bit. Uh, but we saw how the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament came on particular people at particular times in particular places, but not on everybody. Uh, but then was promised, we looked at the promise in Joel, that the day would come when the Holy Spirit would fall on old and young and male and female, uh, rich and poor servants, on everyone, pointing forward to the day of Pentecost that we will celebrate next week. Uh, today we're looking at some of Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit, and then next week we'll look at some of the, Holy, the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit in Acts. Uh, and tonight's passage that Simon's read for us comes from the upper room the night before Jesus died. He is teaching that he's going and that uh, the Holy Spirit will be coming in his place. Everything about that evening would have been imprinted on the disciples' minds and memories. 
it's Passover time. They are with Jesus for the first time at Passover rather than with their families. That would have been unusual anyway. Jesus had washed their feet. They'd never forget that. Jesus had told them that one of them would betray him. And John records Judas going out into the night. Uh, then when it came after the meal, Jesus changed the words of the Passover. Instead of this is the bread of affliction uh, that our fathers ate in the wilderness, Jesus changed it. This is my body, as we'll remember later as we share bread and wine. And Jesus taught many things. He taught the famous thing above my head that I love written into the bricks in this church. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Uh, he said a few verses later, verse 9, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he started talking about going to the Father. And there are loads of things he started teaching more clearly about the Holy Spirit. So I've got five things down here and then a couple of things by application. I'll try and crack on through them so we're not here all night. Uh, but Jesus teaching about the Holy Spirit, there's plenty to cover. So the first thing, and Andy touched on this list last week, he comes in place of Jesus. Uh, as Simon read to us from verse 16 and 17, Jesus said, I'll ask the Father, he will give you another advocate. The sense there is another one the same, so one like Jesus to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So this is someone like Jesus. He, the Holy Spirit is as much God as Jesus. The Holy Spirit is as much God as the Father. He's a he, not an it. Uh, he's been there from the beginning, as Andy was explaining, and he comes to take the place of Jesus. Uh, he's called various things here, an advocate, a counsellor, the paracletus, one who comes alongside us to be with us, to help us. In verse 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. And when Socrates died, he said that he was leaving his followers as orphans. I'm going and kind of tough, I'm going. But Jesus said, I'm not leaving you like that. I will come to you by his Holy Spirit. While he was on this earth, Jesus could only be in one place at one time. Uh, I used to think how wonderful it would have been to be able to be there and see Jesus live. And it would have been, but of course... If you were in a different place physically, you were cut off from him. Now he sends his Holy Spirit on all his people, all of us. Uh, he comes to us. So uh, later on, John 16, verse 7, Jesus said, It's for our good. I'm telling you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come. So Jesus, we're celebrating this season. He's ascended in order to pour out his Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost next week, we'll celebrate that the Spirit came and what a difference he made. Uh, and he has done ever since. If you bow the knee to Jesus as your Lord, the first thing that happens is that you're forgiven. Then God fills you with his Holy Spirit straight away and you're adopted into his family. All of that comes together to anyone who bows the knee to Jesus as Lord. So anyway, first point, I'll try not to make each of these points into a whole sermon. He comes in place of Jesus. He is as much God as Jesus. He's a he, not an it. Secondly, he's the spirit of truth. So John 14, 17. Here we are, the spirit of truth he's referred to. Now, truth is a great theme in John, not just the words over my head, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right at the beginning of the gospel, John 1, 14, uh, we heard this. 
famously at Christmas, but you don't have to wait till Christmas to read it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Just as Jesus is full of truth, so the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. A couple of chapters later, near the end of the evening, Jesus said this, John 16, 12 to 13. I've much more to say to you, more than you can bear now, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So Jesus knew they couldn't remember it all, but he knew that when the spirit came, he'd help them to understand. All the truth about God that is embodied in Jesus, the Holy Spirit helps us to understand slowly and steadily. Uh, We're a bit slow on all this. I wish we'd get it quicker, but slowly and steadily, We come to understand more of who God is, who Jesus is, who we are, uh, how we're made to become the people he's made us to be. And the Hebrew sense of truth has a real sense of truthfulness, what's reliable, what's trustworthy. Uh, So you get a Greek sense of truth, sort of two plus two equals four. That's a sort of scientific sense sense of truth. The Hebrew sense is much more a trustworthy, faithful, reliability, someone who will not let you down. So a person who's the truth is a a person who is trustworthy, reliable. And just as Jesus was that, so the Holy Spirit is. I don't know how many of you know your Narnia, your C.S. Lewis. I'm a massive C.S. Lewis fan. Uh, It's a really good week's holiday reading to take the seven Narnia books. They only take an hour and a half to read because they were children's books and read one a day for a week. And you get the whole of Christian theology from creation to the second coming. In the last one, the last battle, where there's Aslan is the judge and everyone comes before him, there's one of the enemy soldiers, a a Kalor man. But it turns out he's a man of integrity and reliability and he, and he comes before Aslan, and Aslan welcomes him in. And C.S. Lewis gives him the name Emeth, which is Hebrew for truth. It's just, a, it's just a nice little touch there. It's someone who is faithful and reliable and truthful. Anyway, Jesus is the truth, ultimately. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he teaches us what is true. Chapter 14, verse 26. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Uh, So the Holy Spirit taught the apostles so they could teach us. And as the Holy Spirit fills us, he helps us to understand what's true. And alongside all this, you get a real emphasis on obeying the truth, on doing what Jesus said. He teaches, he is the truth, he teaches us the truth, and we are meant to live this out. If he's our Lord, we do what he said. Uh, So very quickly, chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. Verse 21, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Verse 23 to 24. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, and so on. This is, here's the truth, and the Holy Spirit comes to help us, not just to understand the truth, but to obey the truth. So if we love Jesus, we will take time listening to his word. It's one of the secrets of the Christian life. It's not really a secret, is to meditate on the scriptures every day, to meet up with other Christians, to talk about them, to pray about them, to how do we live this out, to ask God by his spirit to help us to do that. Okay, in danger of that becoming a sermon as well. He's another one like Jesus. He comes in place of Jesus. He's the spirit of truth. He's the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's really important. 
He is the spirit of holiness, chapter 14, verse 26. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So when the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, because he's holy, he points out the bits in us that are not holy. Uh, um, there's stuff in all of us. So as Lydia led us earlier, uh, there's things each week that are unworthy in us. And the Holy Spirit points those out to us. It's, he is like the light who comes and shines in the darkness of our lives. Uh, not in order to make us feel bad. That's not the point. The point is in order to show up what needs dealing with so it can be dealt with and got out of the way. Uh, I love about halfway through an Alpha course, there's always someone that comes up and I say, how are you getting on? And they say, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I say, oh, last week you said you're doing really well. What's going on? Well, I think, I thought this was meant to make me a better person, but I'm getting worse. And I say, oh, no, you're not. What's happening is that you're coming more to the light, the Holy Spirit's shining his light in, and you're realizing that you're not quite so good as you thought you were. Uh, the light shows up. God is holy. The Holy Spirit points out the bits in us that are not right. And if you have ever had that experience of your conscience being more sensitized, you can tell that God is working in you by his Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's an ongoing work. Well, none of us are the finished article yet. Uh, he hasn't finished with me yet. He hasn't finished with you. He will go on pointing out. Now, when the Holy Spirit does this, he likes to point out, let's deal with this thing so we can do it. Uh, the way the devil does it is to make us feel rubbish. Oh, Jonathan, you're such a rubbish vicar. Actually, you're probably a rubbish husband and a rubbish father and think what you did there and what you didn't do there. He wants me to give up. Holy Spirit doesn't do that. If you're, that's condemnation. There is no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts. He points out, let's deal with that. Let's get that forgiven so we can set you free from that. Now let's deal with that one. Now let's deal with that. So if you're feeling at all condemned... We rebuke that. That is not from God. That's from the opposite place, from the evil one. The Holy Spirit points things out so we can be in relationship with God. Uh, that's in danger of becoming another sermon. Fourth point, the Holy Spirit brings us peace, a deep peace. Verse 27 of our passage, next one. Peace I leave with you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. My peace I give to you. I don't give you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit, not just to know him, not just to know his truth, not just to convict us, but to bring us a deep peace. That's a shalom, a wholeness, a well-being. So after the resurrection, when Jesus turned up in the upper room, this was what happened. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord, and the great understatements in literature. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. These things come together. The Holy Spirit is given to help us know peace, to help us know that we are forgiven. It's a terrible weight to live with guilt. The world tries to deal with it by just squashing it down and ignore it, but it sits there and it grows and festers. Jesus deals with it by saying, yes, it's sin. If there's stuff you've done wrong, it's sin. But he's paid the price for it. There is forgiveness. 
Uh, some folks are troubled the other way by false guilt. They feel guilty of things they shouldn't, and we need to talk that through. We, can, uh, we need the truth. But it's a wonderful thing to know you're forgiven. And if there's anyone here who's not sure that they're really forgiven, we'd love to talk and pray with you afterwards. Uh, fifth one, God makes his home in us by his Holy Spirit. This is the best bit, if you like. God breathes his spirit, literally means breath. Andy told us that last week, Hebrew word ruach. Uh, same word for spirit and breath. That's like in Greek, it's pneuma, the same. Um, God comes to live in us. He breathes his life, his spirit into us. Uh, and makes us, he makes his home in us. Uh, lots of references there. Simon read lots of them. Just go through them again quickly. Chapter 14, verse 17. The world cannot accept him. It neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. He lives with you. He will be in you. Chapter 14, verse 20. On that day, you will realize that I'm in the Father. You are in me. I'm in you. Verse 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved my father, by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. We will come to them, make our home with them. Now, it's really hard to get your head around all this. There's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit. They all love each other. They love us. They're going to live in us by the Spirit. We're going to be included. It took the church about 300 years to try and work out exactly how all this works and come up with the creed that we said earlier. But equally, there's something very simple about this. The Holy Spirit comes to live within us. He makes his home in us. And the next chapter, chapter 15, the, the vine and the branches in John, is all about, in the old version, abiding in Christ. That is, your abide. You abide in your abode. Your abode is your home. So to make his home in us and how we can make our home in Christ by his Holy Spirit. You are utterly secure and safe. Whatever happens in this world to us physically and terrible things can happen, our souls are utterly secure. The Holy Spirit lives in them. Nothing can separate us from his love we're included in the love of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's why at this season we pray for more. It's not some, the Holy, we can be, kind of be as full of the Holy Spirit as we want. If we open our lives a little bit, we get a little bit. If we open our lives, lives a lot, we can receive much more. But God pours out his Holy Spirit, uh, the life of Jesus through his Spirit, into us. And it's up to us to be open and wanting that. And so Jesus tells us to come to him and drink of his spirit, to come to him and ask for his spirit. So just two, these are the two sort of practical things that Jesus said uh, as we come into land. John chapter 7, Jesus says this, verse 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This must have been amazing. Huge festival in Jerusalem. Great, great celebrations in the temple. I imagine Jesus at the back of the temple as it's all going on at the front. And then in a loud voice, he says, 
if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. I can give you the spirit. Dramatic. So are you thirsty? I think most of us are. There's a dryness. We want, uh, we leak. <laughs> we need to be refilled by God's Holy Spirit day after day after day. So Jesus says, come, drink, and he tells us to ask him. So Luke chapter 11, and we'll make this the last reference for tonight. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, then you're, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So, uh, in our day, if we want to emphasize something, if I'm writing an email or writing a bit of, I can put it in bold or capitals or uh, some of you are more clever, you can make lettering flash and dance on the screen. In, in Hebrew thinking, you just repeated it. So Jesus says this six times. Normally he says it twice. Truly, truly, I say to you. Amen, amen. Or in the Psalms, you get the same thing and it says it again. Here he says it six times. Go back to verse nine, please, Daniel. There. Um, Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks will receive. The one who seeks will find. The one who knocks the door will be opened. Jesus is saying, look, this is a will. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will be given to you. And you don't need to be afraid. People think, well, what's going to happen? Is this going to be a bit spooky? Is this going to be take me over? What? Jesus said, no, this is a good gift. You're, you parents, you know how to give your children good presents. They ask for a fish, you don't give them snake. If they ask for an egg, you don't give them a scorpion. How much more will your heavenly father who's good give the best gift, which is the Holy Spirit? And we are designed to live our life full of Holy Spirit. He comes to help us be more us. My own testimony is that when I bowed the knee to Jesus as Lord, as well as being bowled over by joy, I expected it just to be hard work, but this was joy. Actually, in the 40 years since then, God has helped me be more and more me. Now, there's some bits that still aren't quite me. He's still at work in me. Uh, if I'm still alive in 40 years' time, I think that's highly unlikely. I'll be 98 then, and that... Uh, but I might be a bit more holy. <laughs> I would have had 40 more years of learning to cooperate. Uh, God is at work making me more me. He's at work making you more you. And he says, ask. Uh, now, lots of you have done that on Sunday by Sunday, Alpha courses. Whenever we ask the Holy Spirit to come, a number of things happen. Uh, always the Holy Spirit comes. Sometimes, you know, some people are very sensitive immediately there's tears, or there's laughter, or there's physical sensations. Uh, some of you are more like me. I'm a delayed reactor when the Holy Spirit comes. I often don't feel very much. Occasionally, I get a moist eye. But the next day, I really know. I remember the, the first time this happened when I was a student. I went to a meeting of praying for filling the Holy Spirit. Vicar, giving a much better talk than the one I've given tonight, gave and said, let's stand and pray thought, yes, I want this. And I stood there. He said, put your arms out like we're receiving. Be open. And he prayed, come Holy Spirit. And something happened to everybody else around the room. And I was left standing there thinking, well, not me then, Lord. 
But the next day, I was driving three hours to give a talk uh, over in East Anglia. I was stuck on the A12 in a traffic jam. And normally, I'm really impatient in traffic jams. And I just found I was worshipping the Lord. Quarter of an hour, half an hour into this traffic jam, I was singing songs. I thought, ah, something did happen. But I'm a delayed reactor. So if, if you don't feel anything on the night, don't worry, the Holy Spirit is coming. You'll probably know later or tomorrow. Some of you will know uh, straight away. But we're just, we, we want to pray this. It's the oldest prayer of the church, come Holy Spirit. And we're just going to give a few minutes to do that now before we come to communion. Uh, so in a moment, I'll invite you to stand and I'll pray, come Holy Spirit. And I'll, I want to encourage you to be open. There may be things you need to say sorry for, thank you for, but mostly if you're thirsty, come to Jesus. And I may give some prayer prompts uh, some of you will want to go on just praying and receiving prayer. Others of you will be happy to pray for someone else. So there'll come a point after a minute or two when I'll say, if you'd like someone to pray for you, just put a hand in the air where you are. And if you're looking to, looking to pray for someone else, look for someone near you who's got their hand in the air. And we're going to keep it very simple tonight. Just lay a hand on their shoulder Ideally, men with men, women with women. Um, just lay a hand on the shoulder, pray, come Holy Spirit, please do more of what you're doing. You don't need to pray anything else. You don't need to talk to them. You don't need to know even their name. It's just someone standing there. It's the simplest thing you can pray for anybody else. Come Holy Spirit, please do more of whatever you're doing. There's opportunity for more prayer ministry afterwards for talking, but this is a... This is just any Christian can do this. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. And uh, if the band would come up ready to lead us in song, we'll go from that into a song and into communion. I'll explain how that will go. So let's stand and let's pray for the Spirit to come. I know it's not Pentecost yet, but actually it was Pentecost 2,000 years ago, so this is all okay. Lord Jesus, we praise you that you have paid the price for sin, there is no longer any blockage to us receiving your Holy Spirit from your end. And we want you to come and fill us. Some of us are fresh, perhaps one or two of us for the first time. So just tell the Lord in the stillness, I'm sorry for anything that's got in the way. I'm sorry for trying to live my life without you. And then Jesus said, come and drink, ask. So we pray, please, Lord Jesus, come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Holy Spirit, come and minister to everyone here. Now, come, Holy Spirit. Just be still.